You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. This is a plug, which is a audio blog, a podcast blog. I am calling it a plug, where I'm going to document my training for the Ironman August 2021 in Cork. I'm going to take you through my training, nutrition, mindsets. Monthly episodes will come out. They'll all be short. Thank you to Make Minds Move, Reebok, Podium for Sport, and RickyLong.com for helping make this happen. Ironman Cork, August 2021, August the 15th to be precise. Um, whilst I will do a, a complete fresh intro to this episode, I will ramble just here a little bit at the start. It helps get me in the flow and it helps get my mind in gear for what I'm going to talk about. As normal, I have bullet points in front of me. Um, so yeah, let's kind of let's kind of just jump straight into it. Recording this on Tuesday, the second of February. This is the plug. I've been debating for a while now. Am I going to do a vlog about my training? Am I going to do a blog about my training, or am I going to just document it on podcast? And I have wrestled with it in my mind, and it just comes down to you know, is it is it a fuck yeah or is it a fuck no? And do I want to write about it in great detail? No. Do I want to video and spend loads of time editing? No. And now I realise there are ways around that and get other people and delegate things and pay people to do it. But ultimately, I just it's, it's not natural for me because I want to enjoy the process and I don't think I would enjoy those processes. I've decided I'm going to record podcast episodes about it. And in the show notes, if there is anything else that I think you would benefit that will like kind of go with the audio, for example, a sample of a training plan, or if I put a video up or on social media anywhere, I can direct you to that. So that's kind of the plan speaking now on Tuesday, the 2nd of February, which is the second time I've mentioned that. Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit in this podcast. I appreciate it's the first kind of installment of what I call on a plug, because it's a log and it's a podcast, so it's a plug of the Ironman series. I'm going to try and stay away from traditional podcast content um, that we talk about in these and just kind of treat it as a little bit of a diary. I'm not going to commit to you right now about how often I'm going to do these. Um, you know, sometimes it might be weekly, sometimes it might be daily if I've had particularly big sessions or traumatic sessions. Um, or it might just be monthly, we don't know. Alright, let's chat about the Ironman itself. So an Ironman is three disciplines, swim, bike, run. The swim is 3.8 kilometres, the bike is 190 kilometres and the run is 42 kilometres. 
The swim is two and a half miles. The bike is 115 miles. The run is 26 miles, otherwise known as a marathon. Now, right the way through this series, I'm going to primarily talk in kilometres. So if you're not familiar with kilometres, you're going to need to... Uh, Maybe this will be when you get familiar with kilometers, me talking you through this. Um, why I want to do it. There's <laughs> my watch talking about. Why I want to do this, it's a little bit of a tricky one to answer because the. Jeez, the, 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 the. Go away. <laughs> the answer changes, um, but what it always comes back to is. It's that little bit of discomfort, or rather that large bit of discomfort and leaning into something discomfort. I believe that I perform better, personally and professionally, when I have lent into discomfort, you know, whether that's, you know, a really, really hard training session, or, you know, I've had to do a presentation, which was particularly challenging. Um, and I'm bang on about discomfort. And I suddenly realized about two, three years ago, I was banging on about personal development, discomfort and growth. And I wasn't really challenging myself in a way that I felt, I was going to use the word satisfied there. Um, so anyway, I had a look at a couple of different events. Uh, I did a short sprint distance traveling with two or three days notice and I just thought right what's the biggest traffic we can do and uh, it's the Ironman there are bigger ones to be fair and I thought right let's go and do the Ironman it was tempting to kind of think okay what's what's an event or a thing I can do that nobody else has done you know for, for example Ross Edgley swam around the UK Eddie Azard back in the day did like 30 marathons in 30 days he was the first kind of person to at least popularize that um because he did it on no training so he's probably the first to do it with no training and i was looking at different things i could do i did actually flirt with the idea and i'm going to swim northern Ireland of scotland in a few years time but i flirted with the idea of trying to swim from northern ireland to gurk which is th four or five times the distance of just northern ireland to scotland it, it would be um, geographically possible, anywhere in random, and I, I just settled on the idea of the Ironman, I booked in for the Lanzarote in 2020, cancelled, postponed, Covid, all the rest of it, and I am now booked in for August 15th, Cork. The reason why I chose the Cork one, um, there's two or three main reasons, um, the course is actually favourable, it's a sea swim, the bike is rolling hills and the run is flat, um, which is actually an on paper an easier course than Lanzarote. Um, secondly, just you know, because because of COVID and travel, I thought Cork will be easier to get to. Then Brexit's kind of happened, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to travel from Scotland to Northern Ireland without a passport. It's you know political story. Um, and then obviously COVID's still going on in the February. So that was the reasons kind of looking at Cork. Um, and then thirdly, I will be recruiting charities and local brand sponsors for it. And I've always been around, you know, shopping local. Um, and when we have those day announce where, you know, in conversations right now, um, the, the Cork one just worked better for them. Like I said, they're, they're going to be local business. Um, looking at my notes... Uh, so yeah, I, I suppose now I've, I've got to talk about the, the training. Um, 
not, I'm not quite sure how to, how to talk about the training. So I'm doing a 30-week plan. It's an adapted program from a book called Iron Fit by Don Fink. It's a really, really good plan in terms of it. it's for people who aren't elite athletes. Now, there, there's three programs in it. There's the, you know, just finished, there's an intermediate and there's like a competitive program. I'm doing the intermediate um and it's kind of it's really really good for busy people people who have jobs because there's loads of little different hacks in it um so i'm following that i'm on week three just beginning week three now so i'm going to talk to you three weeks one and two in just a second um like i said i have adapted it um in his program it's all just swim bike run so i'm still doing strength sessions so on a Monday, I plan, I will do upper lower body strength training where I'm keeping my heart rate really, really like low and under control. Um, on a Wednesday, I'll be doing a leg session. And then on a Friday or Saturday, I will do a core and arm session. Um, there are the three weight days I'm going to have the Friday, Saturday core and arm sessions. They'll probably be in the evening, um, which will make sense once I explain the training program to you now. When when you and again, I'm just trying to pre-context this, so apologies for jumping around. Um, one of the tricks of the trade I've learnt with Ironman trainer or in general just endurance is is to get out of the way of training in kilometers and distance, train in minutes. So you'll see that in the social media, you'll see that moving forwards. I'm going to be talking about minutes. So for example, this morning, I went out for a 45 minute run. I didn't go out for what turned out to be an eight and a half K run. It wasn't an eight and a half K run in 45 minutes. It was a 45 minute run in zone two in heart rate training. And I think one of the reasons <coughs> they get you to, to run in minutes is to get your body just comfortable with being under pressure for sustained periods of time um, in a heart rate zone. Now let's talk about the heart rate zones. Um, I, I'm working in a five zone system. I think I prefer a three zone system. Um, but let's just, most of you will probably understand the five zone system. <clears throat> and we're, we're going to try and just make this really, really simple. If you're sitting down listening to this right now, your heart rate's in zone one. Yeah, um, zone five is your max end. So how do you work it out? You know, we'll just do the simple sum: two hundred twenty minus your age. So two hundred twenty minus my age of twenty four, which is actually thirty four. That brings me to one hundred eighty six BPM. That is my maximum heart rate. I did Les Mills sprint about two months ago, just before Christmas in twenty twenty, and my heart rate went up to one nine one according to my Apple Watch. But I'm just working off one eight six. And then to work out your zones, you just do simple percentiles. Now, zone two for me is somewhere between like 120, sorry, 130 and 159. That is me in my zone two, like again, study, depending on which books you read, will um, change those percentages. But zone two is the zone where your heart is processing oxygen at a sustainable rate to keep the muscles that it's supplying oxygen to for a sustained period of time, i.e. you're getting equal energy in, oxygen, to the energy you're putting out, lactic acid, let's just say. Um, anaerobic 
aerobic. Zone three is anaerobic. You're pumping out. Sorry, you can't get enough oxygen in for the oxygen you're pumping to your muscles. So you start to go anaerobic. You're on a like a, a time limit of how long you can sustain that energy. For some people, it'll be four or five minutes. For others, it'll be 40, 50 minutes. It depends how fit that individual is and how well uh, you know their VO2 max and all of those. So just to keep it in real layman's terms, zone two is with oxygen, comfortable pace. That athlete, that person, Ricky Long, will be working in zone two, very, very comfortable. You can hold a conversation. You've got, you know, great cognitive thought. Um, you're out of breath. You're slightly out of breath is what I'm trying to say. You know, on a on a cold day in Scotland, you're you're not even breaking sweat at that sort of intensity. You're just kind of, you know, jogging along, cycling along, whatever it is. Um, and why that's important is because. The, what the program will say, 45 minutes, zone two. 60 minutes, zone two. One hour, 15 minutes, zone two. Last 10 minutes, zone three. So it gives you an idea of the intensities and working. And that's for right the way throughout. And then towards the the end and the, the, the last phase, it talks about you'll do some zone two, zone three stuff, minute one, minute two, minute three, minute four, etc., etc. Right, let's, I think I've explained that well, so hopefully I have. Let me explain to you about the training program itself. So it's 30 weeks. Um, it's split into three 10-week blocks. Now, if I had been thinking logically about this, I would have realized that's a little over seven months. I thought it was six months, so I didn't think I'd be starting this until the middle of February. So it was quite a bit short starting this. We have an initial 10-week build phase uh, where you build your foundations. We have the, the middle phase, which um, you start to really work on, like lactic acid thresholds or some, like there's hill work, for example, in, in cycling. Um, the intervals are, are generally harder for swimming. And the running brings in some, not, not so much hills, but rather zone three and zone four stuff. Um, and then the distances just generally ramp out up throughout distances, the time that you'll be uh, working for. Now, just back to what I said there about being caught short, I um, I thought it was going to start in February. So between kind of September when I did the half Ironman and February, what I plan to do, right, I'll keep ticking over, I'll bike in the gym, I'll swim in the pool and I'll run outside or in the gym, whatever, gym shut, COVID, blah, blah, blah. So that interfered with things. So I thought, right, I don't want to go out on the bike. I live in Scotland. It's cold. It's wet. It's difficult. Same with the swim. I live on the sea, on the Clyde. It is swimmable, but it's, you know, it's it, it's a big commitment to get into that water, even for 20, 30 minutes. It's very, very cold, um, et cetera, et cetera. Palava of a wetsuit getting washed and dried, et cetera, afterwards. So what I thought I would do kind of through December and January and February before the base phase started in my mind was just really, really working my running. So I was ramping up my running. I was doing 20, 30k runs on a regular basis. Um, and then middle of January, about the 16th of January, I got a slight minor calf pull. Um, very, very slight, very, very minor. I was running I did a 10-minute run the week after I got the calf pull. So that's how minor the calf pull was. But it was just a little message to myself. Right, Ricky, you're pushing all the running here. But it's not part of the end goal. You know, it's not me fully focused on the Ironman. Because I was pushing my running. I was thinking about doing a marathon at the end of February. 
Um, so just a couple, that was a little warning myself. And right, okay, the marathon, doing that marathon isn't important. Getting the Ironman trainings done. But as a result of that, when I started week one's training, once I realised I should have been starting at the end of January, um, I realised my base fitness right now is so far ahead of the prescribed 10-week plan, which is a good thing because I've kind of used the first two weeks as an active recovery, whereas I know those first two weeks would really, really challenge some people. Now let me just jump into my phone here because I've got I've got some notes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and lift my laptop up. So on my, my whiteboard in the house, uh, I sat one Saturday night and I did a whole Excel spreadsheet of the first ten weeks of the training plan. And all I'm going to do is tick it off as we go down. So for example, Monday is always a rest day. So here are the highlights: Monday is always a rest day. Saturday is always a long cycle. Sunday is always a long run. So there are the highlights. Tuesday, for the whole of these 10 weeks at least, is swim run. Wednesday is bike run transition. So they're to be done together. Thursday is swim bike. Friday is run. Saturday is long cycle. Sunday is long run. So to give you an example... The most I'm going to be cycling in week one is an hour. The most I'm going to be running is 45 minutes. And when I get down to week 10, the most I'm going to be cycling is on a Saturday is 2 hours 45. The most I'm going to be running is 90 minutes. So like even in these first 10 weeks, I'm looking at that and it's quite, for me, I'm looking at those times and think it's very, very comfortable. Um, I can maintain that, no problem. Just really, really zone in and build that base fitness. To talk about swimming for a second, um, the swim sessions in the program are really, really good. They're all based around the pool. I don't have pool access right now. Um, my swimming's at a really, really good level. So the swimming in Ironman's only 3.8k. I could get in and do that now. I could do that backstroke if I wanted. Um, I could probably actually do that butterfly. My, my swimming's at, dare I say it, an elite level. No, I wouldn't say I'm fast. But 3.5k, 3.8k, you know, that's a typical Monday night for me in the swimming pool. But anyway, what I've decided to do is as long as I get into the sea once a week, do 30 minutes, just tick over. If the pools still aren't open by April, um, well, at least the waters will be warmer. So I'll be able to get into the sea two, three times a week um, and reevaluate the actual swim plan. Um, so yeah, right now, that's all I'm doing. I'm getting into the water at least once a week. Just committing to that once a week. It's generally going to be on a Friday. That being said, I do plan to get into the water today as a Tuesday. Um, Friday just suits me just a, a little bit better with things we have going on at, at home. So I just want to, if I look at week one now, I'm just trying to think of the highlights. So oh, I think I only did three or four sessions in week one. Again, I was still nursing my calf, um, and just to talk about the bike, I had to get the bike back out on the road, I had to give it a little service, it still needs a better service, anyone listening to this knows how to service a bike and wants to do that for us, give us a shout. Um, I had to buy a lot of warm clothes, and I used the bike hack of getting um, sock, so your feet get really cold, so sock on, tin foil, cling film, other sock on. 
it's a good way of managing the cold when you're out on the bike. Um, just to go back to the swim, I also bought swim gloves and swim socks as well, just cheap ones off Amazon. And then for the run, a lot of the bike stuff I've bought, as in the warm clothing, the, the leggings, the base layers, that sort of thing, they can double over for the run. So I think I've been quite clever there. Um, running, I will need new trainers. Um, I'll probably do another episode later and even post some stuff on social media about the equipment. Um, I do need new trainers right now. I'm running in a really, really good pair of Reebok float ride energies. They're really, really good, but just like any trainer, I've probably done the guts of 500 kilometers in them, so they're just running a little bit done right now. So anyway, week one, we did two or three sessions in week one. I was still nursing the calf. When I was getting out on the road in the bike, I was literally just getting comfortable being on the bike again and seeing where my bike fitness was at for like short sessions, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Week two, I did every session. I even did two swims in week two. Uh, and the bike sessions were really, really good. A full hour. It was meant to be an hour on the Saturday. Because of the weather, it was a little bit icy. Because of the route, route, route I chose, there was, you know, quite... There was hills in it, which really, really slowed me down. It turned into a 90-minute cycle. But very, very comfortable. Um, again, really, really pleased with where the base fitness is. Uh, so we're now into week three. Tuesday is to be a swim and a run. So what I did this morning, I did Les Mills Grit Strength. Then I went out for a 45-minute Zone 2 run. Uh, I do plan on swimming later in the afternoon, hoping the weather dies down. But even if it doesn't, as you know, if I can get in and do just like a, a kilometre against the tide, like that that really kicks a bag out of you. You know, it's, it's a good weight session, that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else kind of relevant i've got written down i've kind of covered training so lots of questions will come up on training which i'll, I'll try and answer for you through here uh, i wanted to just chat about uh nutrition nutrition i haven't changed much so far in terms of eating more food because the volume isn't big enough yet to warrant that or have a need for that what did they do when the calf went is i thought right i can't focus on training right now um what i can't focus on is diet and nutrition now what i want to do i'm sitting at about 93 94 kilograms i decided then i would love to be rocking up for the iron man at about 85 86 kilos for two reasons one i'll be lighter so it'll be easier to get my big ass around the course and two i think i'll generally look a little bit better and i'll look a bit more like a triathlete <laughs> So um, in a calorie deficit, um, I'm trying to sit in and around 2,000 calories on average for the week and I've bumped my protein up. Um, dropped 2 kilograms in the first 10 days of doing this. So I'm now sitting at 92 kilograms. To give you an idea, I went for a run on Sunday there. It was my first 60-minute run since the calf pull. I was sitting 2 kilograms lighter. Honestly, I was so comfortable the whole run. I was running at my normal pace and my heart rate was sitting at the bottom end of my zone two. So I was sitting about 140, 144 or something it was, pretty much throughout. Went for a run today. Similar story, heart rate sat a little bit higher, Just it was just after grit strength, which is high intensity interval training, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, so that's what I'm gonna be going through this process in diet nutrition. I do want to naturally drop a little bit of weight just because of where my baseline fitness is right now. I, I think I can afford 
to not worry about increasing the calories just yet. Uh, people will ask about supplements. Um, so if you, if you haven't met me before, I do believe supplements are the last 20% of your diet. If your diet's crap, supplements make your diet worse. If your diet's good, supplements make your diet better. They, they just top up that 20%. Um, supplements I do take, just so you know, a protein shake. I'll take about 40 to 50 grams a day. It just helps me hit my protein total. I take glucosamine, just helps with the joints. Uh, fish oils, which I need to buy more of from my protein again joints muscle recovery creatine between three and six grams uh, creatine helps your muscles recover it helps your muscles strengthen um, and help delivery of oxygen water nutrients when you're training uh, one two three four the other four I take yeah uh, multivitamin and I've started taking vitamin D itself at a different time of the day than multivitamin um, and I've just found these supplements work and literally what I'm starting today, it's in my hand, it's a greens shake. Um, all of these supplements, which I've rhymed on about here, is from my protein. Um, taking the greens, all, all your vitamins. Again, I'm just hoping this will help with you know recovery, antioxidants, uh, hormone balance, that sort of thing, as the intensity of the training ramps up. Obviously now, that's not a concern. Um, but I just want to get used to the greens as well. I have taken greens before. Um, I feel quite good on them. You know, natural sugars in them, natural minerals and vitamins. There's no surprise there. I think as we go through this, we'll jump topic to topic, training, nutrition, mindset. Um, mindset's an, an, an interesting one. I've touched on it before, like your reasons why and discomfort. I know my mindset is better when I've something to focus on. I know my mindset's better when I'm leaning into discomfort. I know my mindset is better, this is all generally speaking, when I have that internal, I have achieved something. Now, sometimes it, it makes me stand tall, gives me that little bit of confidence. And I know sometimes that might sometimes seem a little bit arrogant, that sort of thing. You know, if you've ever taught with me or ever seen me teach a class, I'll sometimes have that accusation of a little bit of arrogance. Um, but, you know, a little bit of arrogance, is, in my opinion, is good sometimes, which is arrogant in itself. That's just my confidence. I, I know what I bring to the table um, when I'm teaching. And for me to show up, for me to bring myself, I feel better now, I wouldn't have said this 10 years ago, didn't have the, the same focus, other stresses in my life, I know I show up better when I've put myself in discomfort, whether that's jumping into the sea, whether that's doing a, you know, a 90 minute cycle on the road when it's cold. And I was sitting there kind of thinking, right, when the gym's open, I'll be able to start to train in, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? The sea's right there. You can get out in the bike. And I've really, really adapted this. <laughs> and I'll probably finish the podcast on this. If you can do it on a cold, wet day in the sea in the Clyde, on the roads on the west coast of Scotland, if you can do it in the west coast of Scotland in winter, you can do it on the south coast of Ireland in the summer. So I'm hoping when I'm jumping in the sea, this afternoon when the sea is going to be six, seven degrees and I have, you know, borderline hypothermia, not even joking when I get out of the water, 
hypothermia can set in after 20 minutes. I've done previous podcasts on that. When I'm getting out of the water after 40 to 45 minutes, cold, shivering, it will make the sea and the south coast of Ireland feel like the Caribbean islands. If I can handle the mountains on the west coast of Scotland for two, three hours every Saturday through the winter, it will make the mountains on the south coast of Ireland feel like a flat road with a little bit of sun on the back of my neck with hopefully less wind. So that's my kind of mythology in that. Um, you know, what can you do now to make tomorrow easier instead of constantly kicking a can down the road and dealing with that can later? So that's why I've started now. That's why I've made that commitment. As long as you can get into the sea once a week, you're grand. As long as you can get out on the bike two to three times a week. The program normally says four times a week, but I know as long as I can do the big cycle, preferably on a Saturday. I'll always keep an eye on the weather, and if I need to move that day, I've got that flexibility. I can do that. I'll be grand. And same with the run. As long as I can get my big run once a week. So the, the three sessions, which are really, really important to me, is the Friday swim, is the Saturday bike, and the Sunday run. And one of the first rules of endurance sports, especially triathlon, is be prepared to be flexible. For example, if I wake up on Friday and the weather, there's storms and there's gales, I don't want to cycle on that day. So I don't want to swim on that day. I probably don't want to cycle. We can be safe. I can run on that day. And hopefully on Saturday or Sunday, the weather allows me to get out on the bike or get out on the swim. You have to be flexible. In life, you have to be flexible when you're training for these endurance sports. You know, unless you're an elite athlete with really, really controlled environments and coaches and and, and all the rest of it. You know, and a, a crew, a team looking after you. What I want to do in this Ironman series is take you on the journey with me. Like I said, I will link things in the show notes which I think are relevant to each episode. Um, so check out the show notes in this. I'm going to do a separate introduction recording. Um, to direct you to those links um, which will will make more sense for now I'm just kind of blabbering on and and off about that Um, but yeah this is episode one it's 30 minutes I don't know how many episodes there's going to be I don't know whether they're going to be daily weekly monthly quarterly all I know is I'm doing an Ironman in August and this is the first plug type documentation of it which I hope you have enjoyed any questions Give us a shout, otherwise, catch you soon. You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.